Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Create Loud. I am your host, Cody Crabb, and with me is the other host, Rachel Robison. Hey. Hi. Hi. You, you um, know, you, I, we always say this, but you would think after two years, we would have a little bit better of a rhythm down in order to think do an intro for a podcast, but we, we really say that, don't. That's like part of our intro at this point, <laughs> <laughs> saying like, ah, we're pretty bad at this. Saying how bad we are at intros. That is absolutely true. Um, we are so glad to be together again. Hopefully, everyone's getting through quarantine okay. It's been weird, and it continues to be weird for lots of different reasons. Um, but yeah. we uh, we're glad that we're glad to, that you're here. Thanks for joining us today. Yeah, um, I am particularly excited about our interview today with Emily Merrill because she is. I was able to guest on her awesome podcast. Which you Artifice. should totally listen to. We'll link to that as well. You should because I, anyone that's listening to this podcast right now needs to understand that this is like the biggest crossover, I think, in <laughs> podcast history. Like this is this has been the the crossover that we've been waiting for. This is the Avengers Endgame of podcasts. Except oh, a happy ending. Oh, you ha- what? <laughs> All right. Okay, okay. okay. Here, I'm just gonna go. I'm just gonna. Sounds- we're, we're going to talk about this for a second, okay? Because I don't understand how something can be such a massive part of pop culture for a while. And some people can just be like, nah. Like, I, did, I don't get that. I've never yeah. understood. Like, if a song Explain gets big, yourself. if there's, like, a movie that's so big, I feel like I have to see it to, like, understand what's going on. I feel like if it were just me, I would agree. But my, my husband is, like, anti – he's, like, anti-blockbuster. Oh, so he's, like, a movie hipster. Yeah, and I'm kind of like <laughs> I I'm kind of like easy breezy with that kind of stuff. Like I'll I'll I can dig into like whatever my you know, if my roommates are into gossip girl, I'm like there. If my husband wants to watch like, you know, the most intense, like critically acclaimed whatever, I'm like down for that. So I kind of I kind of will take on like, you know, I'm easy to please. So <laughs> I'll I'll corner I'll kind of like adhere to whatever the people around me are into. Hey, maybe I'm just a sheep and I follow the crowd, but I'm like, Oh, if it's, if lots of people watch it, it must be good. (laughs) You know what I mean? I'm like, if it's a blockbuster, that means everyone liked it. And I'm like, yay. But anyway, maybe that's just me. (laughs) I don't know. I think it probably depends. I don't know. I I'm, there's some things where I'm like something that's super popular. I'm into it, but then there's, I'm trying to think of an example of the opposite where it's like, eh, not really into it. I don't know. I, don't know. I, mean, I feel it's like it happens with everything. There, it's just. I feel like it's like that with with anything. There are there are things that are super popular that you're just like I don't understand, and then things that are really obscure. They're like, why doesn't everybody love this? That just, now I get that way more. I definitely get that feeling of like some. This is so good. Why does not everybody know about this? But anyway, we're hey we're we're diving right in without him meaning to. Hi Emily. I know. Hi. Thanks for joining us. We haven't we haven't been able to tell people who we're talking to. So one of the <laughs> reasons that, that we so one of the reasons we've been really excited for this podcast episode is because um, Emily actually hosts a podcast that is like a perfect companion piece to Create Loud. It's exactly like our podcast, and not in like a plagiarism way. Like legitimately, just <laughs> so good in our same genre. Um, she's super inspiring. She talks to artists and really, um, really helps people do what they want to do, live their dreams. And of course, if you're hearing that, you're like, oh, that's totally create loud. So 
Um, definitely, mm-hmm. uh, definitely excited to have you on here because we we Thanks. definitely get some. We have the same thoughts clearly because we both started a very similar podcast within about a year of each other. Freaking <laughs> what love I love about creativity artifice. so much. Oh, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I'm ready. Totally I'm listening. No. And I was just gonna say that, like, what I love about how you you know do your podcast is like you you don't just talk about the art side of it. You you like dig super deep. Like I I feel like I don't think I've really had a lot of opportunities to be interviewed but when you and I were able to talk and you were just were like asking so many awesome questions I was like dang I gotta oh, like make notes of how to interview people better so hopefully we can I love uh, it I love talking to people reverse the yeah it, it was an awesome conversation but you're you. I love your podcast and it, and I'm definitely unbiased by saying that so that's a really interesting Bad. that's a, Thanks, maybe a Rachel. really that's maybe a really good way to start this out um what made you start this podcast like why did you suddenly look at the landscape and go this is this needs to happen now yeah um you know I feel like it was a combination of a couple of things um I started my podcast like so the year before I started my podcast my mom died and I like had a big faith transition and I had been teaching at BYU and um I you know I didn't have a great experience there and I think I kind of just felt like um I just felt kind of frustrated with like the types of conversations that were happening in my life. Um, I felt frustrated by like the lack of creativity that I was seeing in my family and in kind of some of my colleagues maybe, and just in the cultures that I was in. And I thought, I know that there are cool creative people in the world. And like for my own sanity, I like need to talk to those people. Um, So I think, I think it kind of started with that. It started with as like a, almost like a, like a therapeutic endeavor just for me, um, to kind of build like a, like a, like a new community and just get to know like cool people. Yeah. Honestly, I tell Rachel this all the time that half the reason we started this podcast is because I want to talk to really cool people that, and now I have an excuse to do it. Totally. (laughs) Otherwise (laughs) I couldn't call up William Hung and be like, Hey, William Hung, how's it going? (laughs) Well, and then the other thing, like as it's kind of evolved for me, I think the thing that I find really valuable about it now is as I'm sort of gathering stories about how the creative adults that I interview have managed to maintain creativity into their adulthood, I feel like I uncover like little gems about like what it is that, you know, is kind of special about our creative minds and kind of how we're able to cultivate that resilience. Um, and that just feels important in, in a world where um, I feel like we could, we could use more creativity and kind of curiosity uh, like ac- across the board. I could not agree more yeah, with that. Yeah, absolutely. And one thing that I, th- one point that I really like that you made was that everybody has, uh, you know, a different story. Everybody has a different way of how they got where they got. Um, and it's, it's been really eye opening to me to see that there's no one right way to totally. be successful or be an artist or, I used to think like, oh, well, if you're really good at if you're really good at drawing something, then you should be like a, an artist, like you should do visual art and get paid for it as your job. And I always that was like my thing. I always was like, why wouldn't you do that? And I've kind of over the years, I've I've kind of changed my mind on that. And I've really come around that hobby art is just as good and just as important yeah. as full time creator artists. And that, that's OK. Yeah, I totally agree. It's about like. It's about the exercise of like stretching your brain and stretching your heart 
um, and, you know, thinking about the world in a different way. And, and uh, yeah, it doesn't, doesn't matter like what the, the end kind of, you know, consumability of the thing is. It's about yeah. kind of the endeavor. Creating to create yeah. is just fine. And I think, I think there's a lot of people expect you to, well, it's, it's so stupid because you get both, both sides of it. You get people that say you can never make any money. You're, you're going to be poor forever. It's not a real job or something. And then you get the, the same kinds of people saying things like, well, why don't you just start? Like, why don't you do it as a, as a career? You should do it more. It's just funny that like no one is okay with you where you sit almost. That's, I feel like that's such a recurring theme on my podcast. I'm talking about it all the time (laughs) with people. It's real annoying. Yeah, totally. But it's, it's so important to just like, regardless of, of how, of how you want to pursue it, just the, the fact that you're doing it at all, I think just needs to be applauded because um, there's with, um, you know, with every individual, there's something unique about everybody and that's, you know, everyone has something to offer to the world, whether you're monetizing it or not. And it's just like, I always consider it as a fulfillment of, you know, whether or not I'm getting paid to do it. Like I just, if I love to do it, I should be able to do it, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Yeah. But there's that it's a tightrope walk because I mean I think if if you are creating in a way that you want to it, it's it's so hard because it's everybody it, literally everybody's different. Some people it's okay for them to just be like, well, if I get paid enough to cover my costs or whatever, then it's worth it for me. But then you yeah. have people that are like, no, that I don't want to do anything else. Like it comes down to it's it's so weird because individually, um, you know, you you have cases of people that really don't want to do it professionally even though they could and the opposite people that really absolutely would love to do it professional that maybe can't and so I also it, think there's like a there's a third category where people like they have the skills to be able to do something professionally but the art that they like want to make is so like kind of out there that like that art that feels kind of the most inspiring to the artist is never going to you know, be a mainstream success. And so it's almost like they need like a, you know, like a, a day job so that they can keep the art that they're making like sacred kind of, and they can, I, you know, make really whatever they point. want. Yeah, that is a good point. Um, Thank you. I think, <laughs> I think also too, uh, there are, you're right. Like some kinds of art, like political art and, and things like that are really eye catching and everyone's everyone can relate to it and things like that. But you know, that kind of niche the do, creating things for a niche as well is, is uh, it needs to happen or else we've got a whole segment of the, the community that's just lacking. So right. um, another thing I was going to ask you about is um, you know, what is it that makes you see a person and go, I need to interview them. I want to talk to them. Yeah, on I want to know that too. Like, how do oh my you? Gosh. What do you look for in guests? I want to interview everybody. I mean, the, typically, <laughs> I'm not even kidding. Um, there, you guys, I, you guys maybe will understand, but like, there are so many more people that like just ghost me, like never respond, than that I get to interview. Because um, I, I reach out to so many people, but um, like, it's for me, it's more like I'll kind of have this thought in my brain, like. Um, I want to interview someone who works with bronze and then I'll just start Googling like bronze workers based in Utah. And then I'll send (laughs) like 15 cold emails like, Hey, can I interview you? And like maybe one person will respond. 
So it's, it's, it's more like that's, it's more like that, but I'm, I'm interested in just people. Like I, even if they are like, Hey, I'm not interesting. I'm like, but you are. I think that that reminds me of like humans of New York. Have you heard of it? Absolutely. I have. Yeah. I love it. Rachel, are you familiar? Oh yeah. For those that don't know, uh, it's basically, um, this website or this kind of social media platform where this guy just shares, he's a photographer and he shares stories from people. Um, but, and it doesn't really sound that interesting on its face, but he has this way of getting right to the core of like the most insane stories. And I don't know how he pulls that stuff off of just random people from the street. I know. But he's always yeah. like, oh yeah. Just with the single picture. Seriously. Well, and he'll just, he'll be yeah. talking to someone and he'll get a story out of them. Like, oh, my, my grandpa was in the F- by FBI. And like, it's just these, these crazy, cool, interesting, or like very personal stories. <laughs> um, yeah. And I do feel like. I think the answer is just that everybody has them. Yeah. I, I, mm-hmm. I agree. Like everyone is interesting. That's yeah, what we've come too. to find out is we've we've interviewed celebrities and we've also interviewed people with like no sort of following in any way. Um, we just interviewed a teacher who is uh, a local teacher about kind of what was going on during coronavirus. And that was a fascinating episode yeah. because it was just like he is so committed to his students and all this stuff. And he doesn't have to be this well-known, you know, celebrity or something to have an interesting point of view to share. And so I, I, I completely agree with you there. Yeah. yeah, and going off of what what Emily said a second ago of like with the people that you reach out to saying I'm not interesting, like everybody has some sort of um everyone has something to share whether they <laughs> disagree with you or not. Like they're that's just mm-hmm. one really cool thing of just about people in general is that if you just take the time to talk totally. to somebody, they you know, you could be pleasantly surprised at at what you come up with you know yeah well maybe this is kind of like I don't know a a bit controversial but when um I like sometimes I'll I'll be (laughs) great (laughs) it's not I mean it's not really (laughs) but um but sometimes I'll be interviewing someone and like it's just there the person is like kind of objectively awkward or like you know very 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 shy um or super self-deprecating in a way that's kind of like over the top, like it's a bit uncomfortable. And I feel very like radical acceptance about that stuff hmm. too, because I think, you know, these are also people in our, our community who are being creative. And I mean, if anything, I feel like it's important to show that all sorts of people do are doing creative things. People who are awkward and people who are very charming and people who are outgoing and people who are super shy and people who are like, you know, just every type of personality, um, which for me, it's also something that's important to me to demonstrate to, to my audience. Mm, yeah, completely. Um, I saw something somewhere that was saying, um, I can't remember what the post said, but it was basically trying to just normalize that being an introvert is okay. You know, yeah. I think a lot of time, a lot of people are, you know, trying to get you to be more outgoing, more comfortable talking to people. But I, I definitely don't see enough of, and I just use introvert as an example. Like there's, there's a whole lot of other things, but just for this one instance, um, I mean, there's nothing wrong with being an introvert and the, yeah, the, you know, personality that comes with that, you know, I, um, I guess I consider myself an introverted extrovert or however you call that. Cause I am, 
you know, I can switch back and forth, but yeah. Um, anyway, it's just, yeah, just, I love that you said, um, just kind of showcasing yeah. what that specific person's traits are. It's, and it's a great like exercise in, in empathy. Like, you know, oh, yeah, it's, totally. it's a good kind of regular practice of being like, oh, that's a person. And like that person has things to offer, even if they're not offering it in like a package that instantly appeals to me. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love that. That's so awesome. And I think, oh um, man, it, there's so much pressure now to do do what you want to do in the way that people want you to do it, especially online because totally. it's like, oh, well, you're on the wrong platform or you're doing it, you're doing it wrong or people say you shouldn't be doing it this way. But I think... As if there's yeah, one way to I do mean, it. Yeah, I mean, it there wouldn't be a way there wouldn't be a there wouldn't be a way if people weren't doing it that way so it's just because it's a yeah. trend so <sighs> it's just hard amen amen and amen <laughs> one thing that one thing that i'm i'm fascinated with as well is i feel like i feel like something about music is diverse enough that it kind of brings this out in people specifically um something about because really there's so many different ways to be a musician and, or even just appreciative of music or using it in other types of art or things like that, that I think, um, I noticed, I mean, you're, you're a musician as well as uh, in addition to me and Rachel. And I find it kind of interesting that we all just happen to start the same podcast. You know what I mean? Like we all kind of wanted to talk to creatives and get these stories and things because I feel like we see it, um, no matter what we work on, if we're helping people. Yeah. It's, oh man, I, I don't even, I don't even know where I'm going with this. I just, I just find, I find it really interesting that we all kind of around the same time with a similar mindset went, we must start this podcast. Totally. Well, I think it, you know, at the times that we were both kind of starting the, our separate projects, the world, I mean, I feel like it's, it's, I don't want to project onto you guys, but it's maybe kind of like I was saying before, like there's just, we we're seeing such a, such a lack of understanding for people that are different from yourself. And, you know, we all, I feel like being a creative person, like, like maybe you were starting to say, it means that you're going to spend time working with a lot of different kinds of people and you get good at it and you get good at going like, well, I know how to adjust to this type of person and this type of person. And then to kind of, you know, want to look at the the parts of the world that aren't doing that and be like, look, this is how you do it. <laughs> Like, this is how you appreciate like different types of people. And like, it's really cool to do it. And it's exciting. And like, people are so interesting. Yeah. And I, oh man, a hundred percent. Cause that's, I think that's one of my biggest pet peeves is like cookie cutter. Um, everyone has to be the same way. Like just, I guess, lack of empathy is what I'm trying to say. Mm -hmm. Um, and just not a lot of people have that. And not and this could go with so many different conversation topics but sticking with art and (laughs) creativity (laughs) um it's I mean I guess that bleeds into all other parts of life too but um that's just that's so crucial to me to to appreciate people of different calibers I guess different types of brains to use exactly Mm -hmm. yeah and so um I wanted to ask with going back a little bit to the kind of guests that you um, interview, 
Um, cause you, you don't stick to just musicians, even though you're a musician. Yeah. We, and we don't right. notice like you'd talk. Yeah, totally. Yeah. But, um, are they, are you Utah based like guests or have you interviewed people that are outside of the space? I was just talking about this with Cody before we started recording, but, um, I like to do my interviews in person. And so because of that, I've mostly interviewed mm. people in Utah. Um, but at the end of 2019 and the beginning of 2020, I started like, traveling and doing some short series in other cities. So like I have a little Dallas series and I have a little Boise series. Um, And I was planning on doing a whole bunch of traveling this year. um, But I, but I can't because it's coronavirus. So, so it's, I hope that what will happen is my podcast will be Utah ish for the first like two years. (laughs) And then then we'll start being like, you know, there's like six episodes in a row from this or that city. But um, but yeah, it's it's not on purpose Utah based. <laughs> That's just how it's worked out so far. Okay, cool. I do have a question for you. Uh, speaking of yeah. COVID nineteen, um, tell us the funny anecdote of the title of your album and why you had an issue with it online. Oh my gosh, someone asked me this oh. last night too. It's like it's so like it's it's touchy. So my album is called Masks, <laughs> and I started writing it literally five years ago. Like literally oh five years ago, I chose the title and like named a folder in my computer and was like mm, the Masks Project. And um, I had been taking all these digital marketing classes and built this huge like 15 ad campaign on Facebook that I was like so proud of and was so out of my comfort zone. And like a week before my album was going to come out, I like pushed go on the campaign and all of my 15 ads came back like flagged as um, trying to profit off of a crisis. I was like, this is so next level. I can't even, I found that, I found that so, I found that so funny because it was just like one of those like, couldn't be worse timing (laughs) i know i was just like no i didn't even get like too freaked out because i just was like this is this is just this is hilarious this is this is like (laughs) this is a covid19 problem that is like only affecting me this is like my personalized (laughs) my personalized covid19 crisis oh my gosh Um, well hey while we're on the topic actually um why don't you tell us about your album why did you why did you record it what made you start writing it and what's it about so yeah so the topic is masks um it's 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 really it's a hard question to answer but um I've, i've talked about this a bit um my my mom had narcissistic personality disorder and when i was maybe like 24 25 I started realizing that like something had kind of always been wrong and I, you know, I had been kind of trying to fix it my whole life to that point and then kind of started realizing like this is maybe insidious in a way that I, um, that it's not going to be solved. Um, And my mom was really, um, I'm using the past tense because spoiler alert, she is no longer living. Mm. Um, But, uh, uh, she was really like very, very beautiful, very charming. She did a lot of like volunteer work. And to most people in the world, she was really, really kind. And to me and like two other people, um, she was really kind of horribly abusive and toxic. So, you know, that was something that had kind of like framed my yeah. whole life up to that point. And, um, and I also felt like I was wearing a lot of masks, you know, as I was kind of pretending that everything was fine and that I wasn't kind of like dealing with 
some kind of intense trauma. Um, and so I started writing it maybe kind of for that. And then at the same time, I was like, uh, you know, I kind of mentioned before I was, I was having like a, a faith transition and, you know, I just kind of felt like a lot of things were sort of crumbling around me. And then like one year after I started writing the, the music, my mom was diagnosed with brain cancer. And, um, so I wrote the bulk of the album while she was sick and it kind of, it kind of put everything into this crazy focus, like, um, you know, cause she had this terminal illness. And so I was having, I was kind of dealing with all of this intense, like peeling back layers. And I was like trying to talk to people who knew her when she was younger and like figure out like what happened. Um, and I was also like leaving my religion at that time. And, you know, there were just like all of these things happening. I was kind of just, I feel like my life was like becoming a whole different thing. And then I wrote the final song um, a couple of weeks after she died. So, so that's why the album is masks. That was wow. way deeper than I expected it to be. But uh, yeah. honestly, like <laughs> I think when, when an independent artist releases an album, I think it's really, if you want to know that person really well, a good way to know them is to kind of look into it and listen to it and, you know, find out the origins. I feel like that's a really close, close look at somebody or any art really. Um, but yeah, especially true. that yeah. someone creates mm-hmm. kind of when they're um, either going through a crisis or, or something like that. And I think um, that that could be said for that could be said for uh, not just a crisis, but really any any time. I actually noticed this a lot with even like famous artists that whenever there's like a uh, a big problem in their life or some kind of something happens, that's usually when that we get big like profound works, works from them. Yeah, yeah big works. you get you get this a lot from like the the old like in the Renaissance and like Van Gogh famously was very depressed yeah. and had all these. I, I feel like art in some way allows us to express the feelings that we can't actually have. Um, it yeah. through our well, medium. and I think I sure. I'd like to say too, like you know, for me, it wasn't, it wasn't so much an, an activity in like, you know, journaling through music as much as, you know, I think I just, I was aware, um, the extent to which people were wrong about like my family, about my mom, about me. Um, and, and it, it may, it makes me like it to, to this, you know, continues to make me obsessed with like, not taking, you know, the, the top layer of someone at face value. Um, and just to kind of remember, like, you don't know what's going on with people. You don't know why they are the way they are. Um, and, and I also think like, it's important to remember and, and about half of my album is, is about the fact that sometimes masks are, masks are really empowering and really kind of beautiful things and things that we use to, um, to show a side of ourselves that people kind of typically refuse to see. Um, and you hmm. can kind of say like, Hey, this is me too. Or um, masks can protect us. Masks can, um, can help us like relate to each other. Like in a really simple way, like if you go to a concert and everybody's wearing, you know, shirts from the band, that's kind of a mask, you know, it's a, it's a mask that's kind of saying like, Hey, you know, this is a right now we are yeah, all like together, like fans of this person. Totally, totally. 
Yeah. So just kind of remembering that as people, we have layers and we choose at different times to hide or to show those layers. And um, so that's that's really more what the album is about for me. Um, just kind of the the origin of it is kind of being forced to be aware of that because there was such a such a behind the scenes in my family of origin. Wow. Wow. I don't even know. I, I don't even know and how to so, react to that because I was just kind of like sat there. I, I have to react just, somehow because this is audio, but I just kind of sat there speechless. So deep. I know. I know. Like we have to vocalize our – oh, boy. But I, I really like that. Um, and something that I was thinking of when you were just you know explaining the story behind your album and everything is that I just – I really appreciate when – um, certain whatever the work of art is I just I appreciate when it's genuine and yeah. there's actually something there behind it because that's something that I could just go on for a little bit about of just just how ingenuine a lot of art is today just because it's it's easy to just knock it out and and um I, I don't, what's the phrase it's for like that? manufactured okay yeah like yeah. there's when you compare like the lyrics of today, like every almost every song on the radio, I mean, for the most, some of there's exceptions, of course, because some people actually put an effort into their work. But you know, the stuff that's popular has no depth to it. It's very like surface. When level. what it what ends and up I, being I lasting and really popular it. ends up, is the stuff that does. I mean, look at I don't know Bohemian Rhapsody, right? Like yeah. incredible songwriting by this, <laughs> an individual that was absolutely like hell bent on every single word of this is going to be what we want it to be like a genuine artist. Yeah. And I think that's a really yeah. good point, Rachel, because I feel like there's a lot of um, there's there's like a structure now. You know how YouTube when it first started out, everyone was like, oh, like there's just like someone in their basement making videos about Legos because they love Legos and that was it. And then a pay structure got put <laughs> into place and people were doing it mm-hmm. full time. And But then there were like these corporate channels that started to like sponsor videos for millions of dollars and things like that. And it was like you, you lost some of that. Even though people were getting paid, it was still somewhat genuine. But then you had like, the once the corporate world kind of came in and took over it kind of lost its charm in a lot of ways because people were more worried about well i gotta put out a video today and it's the same with like a record label a lot of times like that's i gotta yeah. put something out because it's it's my job instead of truly creating for lo- the love of creating and i think that's a that's a mistake that a lot of people make is you know you can do art full time that is a thing that is possible to do but the problem is sometimes if it if you become an artist, you have to realize that sometimes it's about creating because you have to, not because you want to, or because you feel like you should or can. And that is not, that's not yeah. good sometimes. I mean, some people do it really well. I feel, I feel yeah. like some people do, do, they're able to do it, but that's, that's a, that's yeah. a sacrifice, you know? Yeah. What I tend to think, think it's about... again, it's, oh. oh, go ahead. Go ahead, Rachel. No, you go. Emily, uh, go. I, okay. <laughs> I tend to think it's it's the same kind of thing. Like lately, I've been really obsessed with this idea that like everybody can only make the art that like they can make. And I think, you know, if everybody was making stuff that was like as heavy as like the album that I just made, 
the world would get tired. (laughs) Like, and, and I just, I can't help it because that's just the kind of person that I am. I just like, I'm, 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 even when I'm goofy, I still like, I'm a little serious. I've been like that since I was a little kid, you know? Um, And we, we need for people to be making stuff that like is, is just entertaining. Like, I think we need that too. So I don't know. We, I feel like it's a, a, maybe talking about gatekeepers and like, who decides what gets popular and who decides like what gets yeah. exposure is is a contra- is a is a conversation that I'm that I'm interested in um but but I I don't I kind of feel like if people want to make stuff that's just like you know it's just supposed to make you feel good like I don't think I'm down for that too even if it's not the stuff that I choose to consume most of the time yeah it's a good point for sure um I was going to say with with a lot of the stuff that um, does get created, I think, I mean, there's always that goal of it going viral. Yeah. At least mm-hmm. from what I've seen. So I was wondering, I mean, what do the two of you think about um, creating art for the intention of it going viral versus just creating it to just to create it? Like um, what Emily was saying, just, you know, just cause they, they want to have that out there, you know, like I, I guess, Depending on what it is, doesn't it doesn't have to be better than anything else. I have a perfect example for this. Vine versus TikTok, right? First of all, what is the difference? Because it's like it basically (laughs) just seems like it should be for for you dinosaurs that don't know anything. um, (laughs) Wait, (laughs) so if you don't know, I mean, there people might people on here might not even know what Vine is. Uh, So Vine. I'll fully like I'll accept dinosaur like it's probably appropriate. <laughs> so Vine Vine is an app that came out in like 2011 or something um, where it was six second videos. That was the whole thing. That was literally the whole premise is they it's YouTube but for six second videos that loop right. And so these people got really popular on Vine because it was like we actually talked to someone who had one of the most viral vines. He's a friend of mine weirdly enough, um, but he. Uh, yeah. And everybody, it, it just, it went away. Twitter bought it and then they killed it for some reason. I don't know if they just saw it as their competition wow. or something or what it was, but they, but so anyway, but so it was this weird, super, super weird, like nobody was getting paid for anything. There was literally no way to profit off of it. And so it was this perfectly mm-hmm. genuine, like stupid videos that just went viral for no reason. Like there's one where this girl is sleeping and someone dumps a bottle of water on her face. And instead of like screaming or waking up sputtering or whatever, she just goes, hello. And that's it. That's the whole video. You know what I mean? So that's one, that's vine. But then you have TikTok, which is videos are up to a minute long. Um, They're all vertical, which already annoys me. That's a whole other conversation. Um, And then, but it out right out of the gate, it was kind of designed as a vine, com- like vine to replace vine, basically. And mm-hmm. it, right out of the gate, you had um, people able to monetize it and people with millions of followers immediately because they came from some other place. And it just kind of killed what it, it, those are the those are should have on paper. Those should have been similar, but they weren't because. Yeah. Vine was came from this place of there's no way to monetize it. People just made videos because they were fun or funny and it was just like pure joy. But TikTok was this way. It was kind of a corporatized version of that. Um, and yeah. so I think that, that that's a good example because there's always going to be there's always going to be the, the distinction where you can you can profit from something. And it's I mean, 
what person would say no to money that they would have gotten for doing the same thing that they were going to do anyway. And so right. you're right. Exactly. What, I mean, Emily, what are your thoughts on this as well? I mean, not Vine and TikTok specifically. Yeah. But. Just virality. <laughs> yeah. I think like, I think, I, I don't know. I feel like my brain is always like trying to think of the exception. That's just like, it's just like how, how I think. Um, and you know, I can imagine like if someone's intention is to go viral, but like they are trying to like raise awareness for something and they're like, you know, I want to maximize the, you know, viral potential of this video so that like people will get this important message. Then like that intention feels totally, um, interesting to me. And if someone's like, you know, I want to go viral so that like I can be famous, you know, it can be easy to think like, oh, that's, that's a, like a lesser, um, a lesser intention. But then I think like, well, if that person wants to get famous so that they can like, you know, get themselves out of a situation that's not ideal, I guess I just kind of feel like it's, it's hard to like draw a binary on like anything. (laughs) Yeah. And honestly, no one that has ever gone, I'm going to make a viral video, has ever gone viral. Like, yeah. it just doesn't happen. Um, yeah, a lot and, of times we're just like, oh, well, this went viral. I didn't really mean for to. I, I feel like I could never even try. I just, I I know that I know that I would fail. <laughs> like, yeah, I don't like I, things that are viral usually. So, like, my, my taste is wrong for it. <laughs> that's the thing. Like, so I'm, I'm also a social media manager um, by profession. And so, like... It's funny because it's funny because you get like people that are like, oh, we'll put like, let's, we're going to make a video that's, you know, oh, this one's going to be big. You know, this one's mm-hmm. the one that everyone's going to love and this one's going to go viral. So make sure you promote it because <laughs> totally. this one's it the big happens. one. And I'm always like, you don't know, man. Like, there's they no choose. way to just go, yeah, let me just pepper some viral into this, you know? It just happens. And it's always, I think there's a rule of the universe that it always happens to the thing that you wish that it wouldn't have happened to of all of the things that you create. Like I've had that happen with, we made a stupid video on my YouTube channel of, (laughs) do you remember, this is a pot, this is a podcast thing. Uh, or this is the pop culture thing. So, uh, Emily, I apologize if you're not uh, in the know about this. I probably am Um, not, but but go for it. (laughs) So a while ago, Kylie Jenner did this weird, she made this stupid video where she goes, Um, sing it i'm gonna wake my daughter up now and so apparently she sings a little song to her every day and she goes rise and shine (laughs) (laughs) and it's and so it went viral because it was just freaking weird and i i actually had the thought we should totally my me and my dumb friend should make a version of this because it would be really funny so we put him in a dress and a wig and we made him sing it and that is by far what? our most viewed video on I YouTube. Can... And do you know how irritating that is? Oh, it took us so two strange. seconds to make it. Yeah. It was just a stupid thing I did to be funny. And I was like, yep, that is, of course, that's the one that is, is the popular I can one. admit that I am responsible for at least 10 of those views. So <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll be responsible for a few more probably after this. <laughs> yeah, you should. It's so funny. Um, I had the thought that I had... Um, for anyone listening though, that's like, like they want their stuff to go viral. I feel like when, I mean, like we said, like not a lot of people really post stuff to make it viral, but I'm sure people do post stuff for the intention of it to completely blow up and get their big break that way. And it can be super disappointing when that doesn't happen. I know that's happened to me a lot where like, Mm. oh, I'm so proud of this project that I just did. I'm going to share it and, you know, just post it everywhere i can and then like nothing 
nothing happens from it. I think it can be uh, very, very discouraging about like, well, what am I even doing this for? Is my work even good? You know, like that whole self-doubt creeps in. Um, So what what advice would you, either of you have um, for anyone, you know, that that feels that way with their their art where they consider not creating anything because they're discouraged about it? I I feel like I have no advice for that because – I feel like for me, and, and and I ask this question to a lot of the artists I interview too, as I'm sure you guys do too, um, create, creating stuff is like inevitable. Like I have to do it because it's my favorite thing. Like I can't, I can't mm-hmm. help it, you know? And it's not mm-hmm. that it's easy, like it's work, but like I just, there's nothing that I like more. Um, so for me, like I think I could be rejected you know, a million more times and, you know, it just, it wouldn't change it. You know, I think like having, being seen and being heard and being accepted is um, obviously extremely precious and it's something we all want. And it's something I think we all deserve. Um, But yeah, but if you're not, if you're not getting it, like, what are you going to do? Just like, stop being the person that you are. (laughs) it's not an option yeah. hey it's a good point yeah yep that's spot on like oh, that's such a good point even he said you didn't really have an answer to that question but you answered my question in a really great way because oh. it's like <laughs> i have to do it like you should still do it even though you're not getting the results yeah really though like it's, i think it's worth it i think we've said this before it's even if you just have one fan if that one fan is yourself that's still worth putting your art out there or whatever mm-hmm. it is that you do putting your work out there yeah. <laughs> Speaking of putting your work out there, um, why don't you uh, why don't you give us like a quick little overview of yeah. your podcast? I mean, we've talked about it a little bit, and if you're listening to this show, you kind of have an idea of what what the general vibe is, I guess. Um, but tell us about it uh, a little bit, where people can find it, and where they can where they can listen to you. Okay, so my podcast is called Artifice, um, which is a cool word that starts with the word art. And also kind of implies that there is depth and there are layers and there are things that would surprise you. Um, And so that is what my podcast is about. And I interview all kinds of artists, all sorts of mediums. um, And I basically ask people about how they um, developed their creativity and then how they turned their creative skills into a profession. And then we just get real, real... Mm -hmm. Uh, deep and crazy about people's (laughs) art identity and their like personal relationship to their art and I like to get very philosophical Um, and then so that's Artifice and that's on all of the channels and places that you find podcasts you will love it in in short if you like this podcast 100 million percent go listen to hers because we uh, we we clearly agree on so many things that you Ah, definitely thank you (laughs) (laughs) and where can people find you on social media okay on social media my facebook is like facebook.com slash emily merrill music and it's important to note that my last name is spelled not the way you would think. <laughs> Rachel and I had a conversation because her last name is also. We did. My last name is Crab people. with two B's. I it's, feel you. It's, yeah, yeah, it's so Merrill has Merrill has two E's, so it's like Merrell, M E R R E L L. And then Instagram is also Emily Merrill Music, and Twitter is like Emily hyphen Merrill seventeen, I think, but I never use it. So <laughs> we'll retweet you. I'll if you want to find her Twitter. 
We'll uh, we'll uh, link it up. I, I use Twitter in the way that like if I feel like I have a joke, like I feel like I thought of a joke, I'll just like tweet my stupid joke, and then I one hundred percent. And then I always say to my husband, Andrew, do you think this will be the tweet that puts me on the map? Every time, <laughs> but it's really only like you know, I'll send a tweet like maybe four times a year. Yeah. Hey, that, that's you're creating quality content, not quantity. Hey, that's silly the funny jokes. thing is, I actually my wife said, "So why do you why do you have like a personal Twitter account?" And I said, "Literally, so that if I decide to be a stand up comedian, that I can have a resume of yeah. my jokes." Where basically. do my jokes live, Cody? Isn't your tagline like "Sit down, comedian"? It is. Oh it literally gosh, is. It. Sit down, comedian uh, is my bio. So good. That's funny. Um, well, thanks so much for joining yeah, us today, I'm Emily. So this has been this great. It's my pleasure. <laughs> thanks, you guys. Absolutely. Of course. Go listen to. Okay, our our listeners have some homework to do. They're going to listen to Artifice, yes. all the episodes ever, because it's all so good. And also, oh, you're going to check out her album Masks, which is. Did you say where that's. Available? I didn't. Masks, yeah, I don't think we Masks oh, is on all the places. And then I, I do want to plug one specific thing. Plug. So I oh, please do. I built this like huge, dramatic digital experience to go along with my album. Um, I call it the Masks Experience. And oh, it gosh. is huge and giant. And um, basically people can go the, – the place you can get it is you can go to my website – emvocals.com slash invite hyphen only and you can get the masks experience and it's just like every day um, for 10 days in your inbox you'll get a private link to this page that has a ton of art on it Um, and it's stuff that that I haven't posted anywhere that people haven't seen um, to kind of get you thinking about like the mask of the day and like the type of thing theme we're talking about that day. Um, and there are other artists involved and it's really cool. If you feel like you want to dig deeper than you have ever thought about masks. That is that so is freaking cool. rad. That is such a cool idea. <laughs> Thanks. I had a lot of fun that. building it. Oh, good. That's awesome. Well, I'm yeah. So check that out as well. We'll have links to all of this stuff that we've talked about on our social media um, to make sure you find it. And awesome. Thanks again, Emily. Thank you. Wait, wait. I have to. I have to push for. Oh, here every time we got to do it. Um, our sign off includes our guests. So okay, I'm ready. Cody, if you don't want to say. That's it for us. We can switch it up if you want, but you just do a very No, I'm going to say it. it. I'm going to say it. Well, that's it for us. Go create your life and live it loud. Bye.